It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast. My name is DJ Short and I'm back here with my co-host Drew Silva. We are live on Twitch right now, so welcome to our audience there. If you have any questions, we could answer those. If you're listening in podcast form or watching later on YouTube, we're recording Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Garrett Cole is throwing batting practice tonight, apparently, which is interesting. Three straight homers to begin the game. So we'll see. Uh, Dylan Bundy on the mound for the Twins. So we'll see how that goes. How know. did Steven Strasburg do? I didn't. Oh. I saw he gave up three runs in the first couple of innings. Yeah, seven earned and four and two thirds. <laughs> yeah, and basically ninety-one topping out at I believe. So and he had a pretty good showing on his rehab assignment, but yeah, different ball game. Yeah, and, and twelve years ago this week, I believe that he made his major league debut against the pirates. That does not seem like 12 years ago. I know, man. But then again, he feels like a pretty forgotten guy and maybe for the right reasons. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, but he did. uh, He basically gave everything to get that world series title for the nationals. So, and he got his money in the end. True. Sure would happen. So there's that at least. I was actually away last week. Uh, Drew's going to be away next week, but yes, we're back together today to talk about everyone's favorite topic in fantasy baseball, and that would be closers. <laughs> I hope you can pick up on the, the sarcasm with that. <laughs> anyway, in order to wade through these situations, many of which are murky right now, we have one of our best and one of our own here at NBC Sports Edge. Uh, George Montanez is with us. George, welcome back to the show. It's been a little while. It has. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Excited to, to join you guys tonight to talk some closers and yeah, some interesting baseball going on uh, there with the twins and Yankees Buxton just homered again. Oh, that's number two on the night, right? Yeah. 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 So that's yeah, second home run for Buxton. He's struggled. I mean, he's really, really struggled over the past month. So yeah. that's, that's really good to see. Yeah, for sure. sure. Love, love to see that. Yeah. I'm going on vacation I guess as soon as this podcast ends. So I guess our last episode before vacation is, has to be about relievers, which is unfortunate. <laughs> really a downer. <laughs> well, it's the last day of school for you, basically. Let's you can right. get through it. Let's do it. All right. But we're actually, yeah, we're going to talk about bullpen, closers, 
some names maybe we should stash away for, for the coming months here, some relievers to look for as the season moves along. And I think it's appropriate, uh, since we were just talking about the Yankees, that maybe we start there. Obviously, uh, Chapman's out right now, Roldis Chapman, has that Achilles injury. was actually bothering him for a couple of weeks leading into the leading into going on the injured list. And you could tell because he really struggled. He was scored upon in six straight appearances prior to hitting the injured list uh, last month. He's slowly making his way back. I'm not sure there's an exact timetable there. But then meanwhile, Clay Holmes has just been incredible. Actually tweeted something out this morning. In 50 appearances since being acquired by the Yankees, has a 0.99 ERA, 62 strikeouts, 7 walks, Three barrels and 129 batted ball events, so just all around dominant. What what do you think they do here, George, when uh, Chapman is ready to go? Is Holmes moved back into like the fireman type of role, and Chapman just gets his job back, or do they maybe think about that a little bit? Yeah, Holmes, man, he's he's been outstanding. I did see that Chapman. Uh, it's possible that he could throw a bullpen session later this week, so you got to think maybe he's still a, a week or so out at, at least. And I, I think even when he does come back, I mean, I he's going to get every opportunity to win that job back uh, there in New York. But I can see him, you know, maybe taking the seventh, eighth inning uh, for like a week or two as he gets warmed up and, and back on a roll and stuff. So I think as long as he's healthy, uh, he's going to get every opportunity there. But I wouldn't go dropping Clay Holmes anytime soon. I think he's still going to be usable and then, of course, yeah, you know, even when Chapman comes back, it's no guarantee uh, that he's going to stay healthy and stuff. So, yeah, Holmes, I think he's just going to be a really good reliever to, to roster for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's hard to predict how this is going to play out, but I agree with George that Chapman will have an opportunity to win the job back. But I think – I don't think it's just going to be given to him. I think he's going to start out pitching in the seventh and eighth, like in a setup role a little bit more lower leverage because Holmes has been incredible. Michael King has been incredible. He's mm-hmm. I think actually King has been the best reliever in baseball this year by a lot of measurements. Um, so the Yankees have options and they can kind of slow play this and, and try to get Chapman healthy and get his confidence back. And there's like no guarantee that that's ever even actually going to happen. Um, you know, he's getting up there in age, this Achilles issue I don't know. It doesn't sound like something that's necessarily just going to go away. I, I mean, he's he's been off for a while now, and it, I, I think it's going to be at least another week. I think he has a bullpen session lined up for Saturday. He'll probably do a couple of those and then, you know, advance to simulated work and then maybe like a two-appearance rehab assignment. Yeah. Um, so I think we're talking closer to the end of June. And by then, if Holmes is just padding his resume – um, I think it'll take Chapman. He's going to have to like string together several consecutive dominant appearances before I think he sees a, a save opportunity over Holmes. Yeah, I, I think that's probably right. I, I do have some concerns about Chapman just over the past two years. Um, the velocity trending down a bit. The control has been poor. So you combine those two things together, not getting as many whiffs, uh, ducks on the pond with the control pitching in Yankee stadium. Like there's always the chance for some disaster there. He's, he's definitely not sort of the sure thing that he's been in the past. So I don't know, you know, the Yankees have a big enough cushion right now 
where I think they can, you know, afford to throw them out there in those high leverage spots and kind of see how it goes. But once things start getting serious, you know, late September playoffs, I wonder what sort of role he might have when the stuff, when this, when these games really, really matter. Agreed. Um, some other interesting situations. I, I don't know. Like there was talk when the Phillies let go of Joe Girardi. What was that last Friday? that Corey Knievel's job might be on the line. He blew three saves in May. I, I, is there any concern for you, for you there, George? I don't even know what he's looked like. I know the Phillies have won, what, six games in a row? And Knievel has at least a couple saves within that time frame. So it looks like maybe he's he's fine. I, the overall numbers for him are, are solid. Like, not nothing special, but, you know, n- not bad. And I, I wonder if if that situation has been settled now that the Yankees or that the Phillies are off to this hot start under interim manager, Rob Thompson. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, really for, for Knable, uh, the walks have really been the issue. And then, uh, you know, the strikeouts are down a little bit when he's such like a fly ball pitcher like that, he can really run into some trouble. I I think, you know, they pretty much signed him to, to be the closer. I think he's uh, got a pretty long leash there right now. I could definitely see, like you know, with his the, his metrics where they are right now, definitely some risk uh, going down the stretch. And they do have Brad Hand there, and then uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez has been really, really good. I know Rob Thompson has been around since uh, 2018 as the bench coach there, so he has a little more familiarity with Dominguez, and he's been lights out. So I would look out for maybe Hand or Dominguez if, if Canable continues to struggle. But for now, I, I think uh, I think he's okay. So yeah, he he got a save on Tuesday, but needed 32 pitches yeah, to get that save. Yeah, he basically since the end of April, Knable has been hit or miss um, when he comes in the game. So certainly, you know, as the Phillies are trying to chase down the Mets or you know an expanded playoff spot, sort of like I was saying with the Yankees earlier, the Yankees have that advantage of having the cushion. The Phillies are just chasing at this point. So if Knable, you know, strings together couple bad appearances you know we could see a change there hand probably has the advantage because of the experience but i have tried to stash dominguez in some competitive leagues over the past couple of days and he's been scooped up so i think that's a a signal out there that if you want someone to speculate on uh dominguez makes a lot of sense and even if he doesn't get saves he's the kind of pitcher who can help you right now so i think that's pretty big before we move on here just a quick Word for our listeners, weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Athletics face the Guardians in Cleveland on Sunday, this Sunday at 1130 a.m. Eastern, live on Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. If you want a chance to win $25,000 on the game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. So I want to jump over to the Angels, who are pretty depressing right now. What is it? Tw- is it 12 in a row or 13 in a row? 14. Is it 14? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> how, does that even, how does that even happen? I don't know. How does that happen? Just by chance, you'd think that they would, lo- they would win a game in there. Actually, you know what will break this losing streak? If I bet against them. That's, yeah. what, that's what will turn it around. I can guarantee you that. I should, I should do that. Nickelback was not the answer. Did no. you see that storyline? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But back-to-back situations here where managers have been fired. Uh, Joe Madden let go, which, you know what? If you lose 14 in a row or 13 in a row, you got to go. I'm sorry. That's just yeah, the way it is. I'm okay with that, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes sense. Yeah. But along this time where the Angels are just not hitting, Mike Trout's banged up right now, but also Rysel Iglesias is really struggling. Coming into the year, I saw him as maybe the number three closer on the board Same. in mixed leagues um, behind Hayter and Hendricks. But 4.66 ERA in 22 appearances, 8.10 ERA over his last 12. Do you have any sense about what's going on with the Glacius right now? Yeah, I, you know, I would be a little more concerned if this wasn't something we see from Iglesias from time to time. I, I feel like every season he has like a month stretch where he'll put up like a seven ERA. And then he typically just kind of writes the ship and he ends up as one of the top closers. And really, if you look at the, the underlying numbers, I mean, the skills are there. 33% strikeout rate, only a 5% walk rate. He's really having trouble with, with the home runs. So I think, you know, once that starts to stabilize, he'll he'll kind of get back to, to form there. So I, I think, you know, what we're seeing is right now just in combination with the Angels struggling as a whole, uh, Iglesias just kind of going through one of those rough stretches. Yeah, his ratios are not bad at all. Yeah. And any reliever, um, if you give up a three-run homer like he did the other night, that's just going to – that's going to make your ERA balloon. And it's not like the Angels have a lot of options, like – their entire bullpen has been bad over this stretch. Yeah. Um, even dating back before the stretch. And like, I don't know, Ryan Tapera, Austin Warren ha- ha- was having a nice season before he went on the IL. What did he get like hit with a batting or a, a batting practice ball or a ball in a game? I forget, but he suffered that nasal fracture on the men now, though, and, and had some good numbers uh, just before he went on the IL. But that's kind of the issue with the angels and, and why I think Iglesias is probably safe. And, and I agree with George that he's just kind of going through a stretch and he'll probably rattle off a bunch of scoreless appearances coming up. It's, they don't really have any way to turn. Yeah. I mean, Aaron loop, they gave a lot of money to during the off season and he's been pretty mediocre yep. so far. So I guess the, the Mets dodged a bullet with that uh, because I, I was disappointed when I saw loop sign with the angels. But yeah, I mean, he's been a disappointment. So I guess Tapera could be a stash if you're really desperate. But I, I, I agree with you guys. I actually think Iglesias would be a great trade target right now in fantasy leagues if you could swing it. So let's hop over to the Rays. And I'm kind of just always throw up my hand with the Rays. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now I think it's more wide open than ever because Andrew Kittredge came back from the injured list only for like a few days, right? Yeah. Um, and then went right back on Thursday. And I believe Kevin Cash said that he has a loose body in the elbow that will have to be removed. I assume that, you know, it's going to put him on the shelf for probably, I don't know, couple months yeah uh it's kind that's kind of one of those four to eight week type of injuries where it it could be a month it could be two either way yeah he's going to be out a while and yeah i throw my hands up with the rays too i'll let george handle this question but i'm sure they're gonna (laughs) mix and match and there's a lot of interesting options there it'd just be nice if you could identify one to pick up and i I don't know ray's gonna ray yeah ray's gonna ray that's for sure. I mean, they they pretty much have like a whole rotation for the ninth inning at this point. You know, they Kittredge was like the best bet to, you know, for consistent saves. But you've got Ryan Thompson, Brooks Raley, uh, Colin Pache, 
with three saves each. And then Jason Adam picked up his second save today. So you've got a lot of guys there. For me, I, I guess really it, it's hard to target one for saves. So if you're going to pick one up, maybe pick up the one like that's going to give you the better ratios and strikeouts. And right now it's looking like Jason Adam. Uh, you yeah. know, he's, he's having a really, really good season there. His ERA down to 0.72 after today's outing uh, with, yeah, 30 strikeouts over 20 innings, second save. So, I mean, if there's anyone I, I guess I would target there, it would it would be him. But I wouldn't really get my hopes up uh, as far as, like, consistent saves go. Matt Whistler's been pretty nasty, too. And yeah. Brooks Raley is, too. He throws from the left side, left side so that kind of complicates matters. I think Jason Adam is the pickup, but – Man, you could. It depends on like what kind of league you're playing in, what your your roster size is like. You pick up a couple of them and and hope that maybe one runs away with the job. But that's not even really in the Rays' blueprint to have a, a reliever run away with that job. So it's going to be a source of frustration. I think we all know that. Um, if I had to pick one though, I think it would be Jason Adam. He was yeah. the the guy that picked up the most recent save coming in for Shane McClanahan on Thursday afternoon. And how good is he, man? McClanahan's ridiculous. Yeah, and man, that that game took an hour and fifty four minutes too. Which, yeah, wow. like, Mark so I, yeah, special. I was working a, a news shift today, and so I just kind of had that game on in the background. And all of a sudden, I look up, and it's the eighth inning, and I'm like, I mean, I, I know the the Cardinals bats were pretty quiet, and the Rays bats were pretty quiet, so the thing just cruised. Um, but I was like expecting. I don't know, to catch some of the game. And I don't think I even saw really like paid attention to a pitch. So Drew, you tend to be, now I don't want to generalize, but you know, you, you've stood up for Tony La Russa in the past. Oh no. <laughs> what, what about this decision today to walk Trey Turner with the count one and two to pitch to Max Muncie? Do you think that was sound reasoning? Man, I want to pull up his quote and just read it back to you. <laughs> it, was a, it was a word salad. Yeah. It was also like, how dare you question me? Well, yeah. Does anyone in this StreamYard studio disagree with my decision, <laughs> with that decision? <laughs> Have you seen Trey Turner's numbers with two strikes? I think that's what he said. Like, Basically, yes. You know, I had, a I, lot of people <laughs> fact-checked it on Twitter and it's not. I had my uh, White Sox hat on for this show. And I was like pouring myself a water and I was like, oh man, this is going to seem like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with TNT. I, I got to leave him alone on this one. I, I can't really defend that decision. Yeah. I, don't... I mean, Max Muncy has been bad this year. He just came off the injured list as well. But if you got to hit a one and two, first off, like why pitch to him in the first place? If you like the other matchup better. So I don't really understand that. Yeah. I don't, if, yeah. I mean, it's, if if you're gonna do it, do it before the at bat. I yeah. even against a, a great hitter like Trey Turner, I don't, I don't like any kind of intentional walks. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't put runners on base. And that game got close at the end too. The White Sox had an opportunity to win it in the ninth. Um, so those those runs did matter. Those those three runs early with with that Muncie home run. I I think you talked about maybe buying low on Rysel Iglesias. I think buying low on on Muncie too if, if you even can i mean if you're playing against some smart managers they're not going to give up on him um, but we know what he's capable of and that dave roberts likes hitting him high in the lineup uh, and anytime you can hit high in that dodgers lineup like his his batting line is terrible this year but he still has a bunch of rbis and runs scored because of where he's been batting um and i think maybe like 
it seemed like that injury that he had was kind of sort of a, a phantom injury. They were just like, we, we want you to take some time off and, and like take a little reset. We have the the ammo to, to do fine without you and come back. You know, he, he spent what, what was it, four games at AAA Oklahoma City. So, and he was, he wasn't even really out that long. So it, it, it read to me like they were saying, Hey, use this as a reset. Yeah. Um, and he came back strong this afternoon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, getting a piece of the Dodgers lineup is never a bad idea. I mean, the top three in the Dodgers lineup is just like a fantasy team better than a fantasy team, <laughs> you know, to have bets and uh, Freeman and Turner. That's insane. Yeah, all ball. borderline yeah, first rounders. Not Freeman so much, but not too far behind. Yeah, totally. So I was looking, you know, on the topic of, of the Rays, getting back to that. I'm just thinking about the in previous years, they always like lead the league in the number of pitchers who end up getting saves. So I had a really good stat earlier today. I lost it. But the point <laughs> the point is I think it's something like 112. No, 114 different pitchers have already notched saves this season. And we're only uh, what, a little over a third of the way in, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 2005. It was like 120 pitchers total in a full season notched saves. Like, it just tells you a lot about where we are fantasy-wise. So, you know, maybe you get one closer out of your draft you really feel good about. But I think a lot a lot of the rest of the season is getting a piece of a committee, speculating on a on a late inning arm who might end up getting a bigger responsibility. So when I look at sort of <laughs> the closer rankings right now, it's it's just it is the Wild West for the most part. Unless you came out of your draft, you know, with like two of the top ten closers, chances are you're gonna be chasing saves all year long. And you do have to ask yourself, is it really worth it to do that? to sacrifice those roster spots on taking chances on, you know, guys who may post like a 60 RA. Yeah. You're just seeing saves just being more and more spread out. So, I mean, I, I have some teams that are, you know, 15 team leagues where I drafted a Josh Hader and then an Andrew Kittredge and I'm kind of just piecing together that second closer and I'm leading the league in saves, <laughs> um, you know, with, with Hader. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe it wasn't so you know, crazy where, where those top guys were going in draft season. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't have any shares of hater because to me he was going, it, I don't know. It, it just doesn't sit right with me to spend a, a third, fourth round pick on a, a closer, but he was the guy to spend it on certainly. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have like no good answers when, when people ask me reliever questions, it's just like, <laughs> Hey, we're all in this together, man. And <laughs> You manage your team. I, I know I'm supposed to do this professionally, but <laughs> I got nothing for you. Well, thinking of a closer who could be elite, it's just the situation is bad. David Bednar with the Pirates. Mm. He actually won the NL reliever of the month for June. Posted a 1.65 ERA, 21 strikeouts, two walks. In that time, he's awesome. The Pirates are bad, obviously, and they don't always give Bednar those chances. It seems like, you know, they, they spread the love around a little bit, but Bednar is one of those guys, man, you know, if the pirates get better or if they decide, Hey, you know, this guy's going to be expensive in arbitration soon. Like let's trade him. Uh, we've seen that happen with a number of teams, man, he could shoot up the ranks so quickly. 
Yeah, and you talked about how good Clay Holmes has been since the Yankees got him from the Pirates. Since the Pirates got Bednar from the Padres, he's got a 195 ERA and 87 and two-third innings, 114 strikeouts, a 0.91 whip. That was the Joe Musgrove trade, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. So, I mean, the the, the Pirates lost that trade, but um, Bednar's he's going to be a valuable, unfortunately, like definitely a trade chip for them. Yeah. And we, we can get into some of those. I don't know. We're going to have to have you back on, George, as we get closer to what is now the August 2nd trade deadline. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that a Monday? It. I think it's – I already looked it up because I was wondering if I'm working news that day. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's a Tuesday and that I am. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll my, be sure to help you out, Drew. I have a Blues – a St. Louis Blues calendar here that isn't getting much use. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, so with with Bednar, you know, we're kind of already starting to think about maybe trade candidates. You know, I wonder there. I, I could see a team blowing the Pirates away with an offer. And obviously the Pirates are not going to be a contender in the next couple of years, even though they have some really interesting young players. I don't really see them being a winning team anytime soon, but I could maybe see him being moved. He's not even arbitration eligible until 2024. That just makes him that more. Yeah, though. you're right. Yeah. Yeah, if if they can flip him, that would might be a, a pirates trade that I would agree with. I think anytime you've got a reliever and you're nowhere near contention, and I would say they're at least a couple years away, if not longer. Um, yeah, I I think it might be smart. The smart move would be to trade him if you can get a two B level prospects or a B and a C level prospect, something like that. I don't, I don't think you're gonna you're not gonna get like a top, maybe one guy who's like around just inside the top 100 but yeah if you can get some kind of package like that i think the pirates are in a position where they would have to do that yeah i agree is this house a good price compared to others in the area are prices going up or down if i don't make an offer right this very moment will i miss my chance these are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask and these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a realtor can help answer because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. So jumping over to the NL West with the Dodgers. Uh, so Craig Kimbrell is actually on paternity leave right now, but he hasn't been great. It's been Pretty mediocre, four ERA in 18 appearances. Actually has a 6.75 ERA over his last nine appearances. I think some of that is bad luck. Has a 400 BABIP against him too in that time. And he's reportedly been working on fixing his delivery and mechanics. So we'll see how things look upon his return. But Daniel Hudson has been great. Uh, 186 ERA in 19 appearances. The ratios are great too. 24 strikeouts, just three walks. With Hudson, do you think even when Kimbrel comes back that Hudson is a, a must roster? I think it depends on the the depth of, of league there. I, I wouldn't really be all that worried about Kimbrel. I mean, I like you said, you, there's a little bit of bad luck there. You look at the underlying numbers. He has a 2.25 FIP, 2.27 XFIP. And like the strikeout to walk ratio looks good too, thirty-two percent strikeout rate to seven point eight percent walk rate, and he's eleven for twelve in save opportunities. So I think you know unless he starts uh, you know blowing consecutive saves and stuff, I I think he's uh, 
I think better days are coming for, for Kimbrel for sure. But like you said, Hudson has been awesome too. So, you know, I, maybe we see like, um, like last year, you know, Blake training, uh, you know, him, he got, what was it like seven or eight saves uh, as well. So yeah, I think Hudson can be that guy for them this year. And you know, with the Dodgers are going to win a ton of games. So there's going to be some saves to go around. Uh, as I was saying earlier, that White Sox Dodgers game got pretty close at the end, and it was Hudson who allowed a couple of those runs toward the end. I think he had like a 34, 35 pitch ninth inning. Um, so his ERA is above two now, at least, but um, he has been pretty good overall. I, I think Dave Roberts is pretty comfortable, you know, throwing a, a couple darts at, at the problem. And I think he's going to trust Kimbrell more often than not. But Hudson's gotten a few chances and is probably, yeah, depending on league size, a smart guy to be rostering anyway. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I hear you. So there's a lot of committee situations around the game right now, some which I don't really think should be committee situations, yet they they still are. But, you know, someone who follows this regularly, George, which pitcher in these committees could you see emerging – as a top tier option in the coming months? Oh, uh, well, yeah, th- this one, this one's tough, but um, I, I'm looking at Boston right now, and Matt Ooh. Strom has the last couple saves uh, for the Red Sox. Uh, they had kind of a committee to start off with, like Hansel Robles and Matt Barnes and Jake Diekman. And I mean, in between the three of them, they've blown more saves than, than, you know, converted saves. So <laughs> that really hasn't worked out. Recently, it's been, you know, Tanner Hawk moving over to the bullpen and, and he's been pitching the eighth inning uh, given his ability to go, you know, multiple innings, he, he'll pitch two innings sometimes. So I think they'll probably keep him in that role, kind of multi-inning seventh, eighth inning role. And uh, Matt Strom could be, could be the guy there in Boston who maybe has an opportunity to take the job down the stretch there. Robles did just return from the IL. Was that Wednesday or Thursday? Uh, I think today they acted. They, they, yeah. Thursday, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I mean we'll see with him like I the Red Sox bullpen is a, a mess and they should have done something to address it this offseason even though there were a lot of reliever deals handed out that those teams would like back that's kind of how that market works um but I, I would I would look at Robles as a stash if you're in a deeper league and if he has a couple of scoreless outings here off the IL it wouldn't shock me if he shoots right into a, a high leverage a high leverage role because the Red Sox need anyone who can fill that. Um, yeah. And then if if that works out, that he gets the next save opportunity. And Strom, maybe they like to use him more as a multi-inning guy or against lefties. I mean, he, he is a lefty. He is left-handed, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Padre. Yeah. John Schreiber's been pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, He's a pitcher, apparently. I, yeah. I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know who he was until like a couple of weeks ago. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> who was that guy you didn't know that who, that you were tweeting about? Um, oh. This afternoon? Oh no, I knew who that was. <laughs> I have I had a ton of his baseball cards as, when I was a kid. Um, what was it? it was on the Yankee Pasqua? Yeah, Dan Pasqua. Dan Pasqua. Because. I, I was talking to somebody else in the office about um, how there's no left-handed shortstops or third baseman. You know, it's just kind of yeah. very awkward if, if someone was left-handed and playing third base or shortstop. So I started thinking about which players have actually been left-handed and played third base. And I was like, oh, Freddie Freeman, you know, for a brief time did. 
And then I was looking into it a bit more and I saw Anthony Rizzo played third, of course, with Joe Madden being Joe Madden. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I saw that Don Mattingly, three games in 1986, played third base so that Dan Pasqua could play first base and then get his bat in the lineup. So Gold Glover moves over to third base. And actually, like, some people sent me some videos of Mattingly, and he made some pretty sweet plays. I could see him being a good third baseman for yeah. sure. Like, even though it's awkward, like, he, he made some really nice plays, but um yeah i never knew that i never knew that mattingly had played any other position than first base it just seemed so weird to me but he learned something new every day <laughs> albert pools played a little third base he did yeah but, but he's, he's right -handed. right handed yeah yeah um all right so let's let's hop over to some of these other uh situations um as we look at these like committee situations the mariners i think is interesting too because there's so many talented arms in this bullpen diego castillo has sort of risen to the top i guess in this mariners bullpen recently but paul seawald's still there hasn't been quite as good as last year but still still pretty good uh andres munoz is someone we've heard about for a really long time dating back to his padres days before tommy john surgery ken giles actually making his way back from tommy john surgery where do we see this one going george yeah, you know, where whereas like with the Red Sox, I could see like maybe them going to one guy. I'm just not sure the Mariners will ever really do it this year. Yeah. But um, you know, speaking of Diego Castillo, yeah, his last seven outings, he he has the last two saves for the Mariners, but his last seven outings, he's gone uh eight innings, 14 strikeouts, uh, and just one hit and one walk allowed. So I mean he yeah, he's been absolutely lights out. Um, so he was definitely someone who who if he if he's out there, I would definitely pick pick him up because uh, especially, yeah, I mean, if you have, like, one of those top closers and you're just looking to to supplement that, I mean, yeah, Castillo could be a perfect guy for that. So, yeah, like, Seawald has, hasn't been as good, but he's still there. He's been effective, um, just not getting the strikeouts he was getting last year. But, yeah, Seawald, Castillo, and then, like you mentioned, Ken Giles but, Giles. but Castillo would be my favorite there. Do you know who Penn Murphy is, DJ? Have you heard of him? Is that an actor? <laughs> no, <he's> <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is. no i don't know who that I, is he's a magician does a show in <laughs> vegas no, no i don't should i know who that is well i mean he's been kind of a breakout star in their bullpen no nope. an era under one over 20 innings uh, nope. 33rd round pick in in the 2018 draft out of santa clara university i, I totally just pulled up his baseball reference page because <laughs> i'm not that familiar with him either um, but I mean, he's, he's been incredible so far. I don't, I don't, we'll see how long it lasts. This is, this is the reliever game, man. It's all sample size, small sample size theater. Um, and you've got to try to comb through whatever you can to, to find out who's legit. Yeah. Um, but I, I, Castillo has definitely risen to the top there. And I, I think him, him and Seawald are going to keep exchanging opportunities. I think Andres Munoz would be number three there and, I don't. That's a big mountain for Ken Gil, Ken Giles to climb to like somehow take over that role. And I mean, he, he's somebody that we haven't really heard much from for a couple of years now. So I don't think he's necessarily worth any kind of stash in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, I saw him get drafted in a lot of leagues. Yeah, late. Yeah, he did. And I guess if you could put him in an IL spot, maybe it makes sense. But like, that's a long wait. So yeah. That hasn't really paid off. I'm not sure it will either because 
Giles has been so up and down during, you know, at least the last several years anyways. But mm -hmm. hopping over to the Reds, who are not a great team, but what do you think of Alexis Diaz, Edwin Diaz's brother, which I didn't know he had a brother until this year, but he looked really great out of the gate, has been a little bit shakier recently. Yeah. But hit, hit Christian part, Walker in the head with a pitch. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. But for the most part, like I've been impressed by him. What What do you think about him, George? Yeah, I think he did go two innings today. Um, his ERA is down to two now. Thirty four strikeouts. He, yeah, he's he's been really impressive. And I think it was Tony Sa uh, Santian who I, I think he might have blown the save today. So, I mean, yeah, the it. The Reds, I mean, the door's wide open there. Um, Hunter Strickland, it, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's another one that's a committee that, I mean, I, uh, Diaz has been by far the best guy there, so would love to see him get an opportunity, and yeah, he's one I would definitely stash. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer for what the, the Reds are going to do. Have They They haven't, like, had a converted save in a long time, and I, I know they've turned it around a bit from one of the worst starts in modern baseball history to actually – the Royals now have a worse record than them. Huh. Um, so things have gone okay in Cincinnati over the last month or so, but there just aren't a ton of opportunities there. And I, I think it's probably only going to get worse as they, they might, I, I don't, I would say they're probably going to trade Luis Castillo. Yeah. Um, maybe if Joey Votto wants to waive his no trade clause, Tommy Pham could certainly be dealt if, <laughs> if some team wants to deal with, whatever's going on in his head from time to time um, as long as it's nobody else in his fantasy football league yeah that's right brandon drury i think could be a trade ship for them too all of a sudden um, yeah he's he's had a really good power year at least yeah um the i know the batting average is around 200 but that's a lot of guys tyler malley had a good day yeah tyler malley has has definitely rebounded and could also be a trade ship and would i mean would it shock you if they traded like all four of those players no way yeah I think Vado would be the only kind of shocking one. And he might, you know, I mean, he's, he's like building a hall of fame case right now. Yeah. And if he wants to finish his career in, you know, with a contender and the reds can find a team that wants to eat some of that cash. Yeah. It would make I sense. Would, I think they'd actually be doing them a solid by yeah. giving them a chance to win a championship. Could he fit on the blue Jays roster at being a Toronto native? Like there's no way to do that. Right. I mean, maybe Alejandro Kirk at um, T Oscar and Vlad. That's a lot of guys filling up DH. Yeah. Duties. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm. Vlad's been pretty mediocre. He could just replace him, you know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this small sample size reliever talk has gone to your head, DJ. You've lost um, it. But your column, George, that you you do every week, holding it down. It's in our our season tools. Usually, you look at some middle relievers who can be useful, rostered in mixed formats. Not necessarily looking for saves, but maybe they could eventually uh, move into more of a late inning role. If you want to give the folks just a taste of what your column was like uh, this week, maybe some names to look out for. Yeah, a couple guys I uh, featured this week and over the last couple weeks. I was looking at AJ Puck in Oakland. Danny Jimenez has been struggling of late. I mean, and Jimenez was one I I featured early on in in that piece, and uh, you know he turned out to be yeah a, he had a, a nice run. Win. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, um, he's been really struggling of late, so I would keep an eye on that. AJ Puck has been really good. Um, has has his ERA down to 1.7, 1.57 over 23 innings. Um, so he's one I would look out for. Maybe uh, Felix Bautista. I- I'm looking at the Orioles situation, and you know Jorge Lopez is one who I can see the Orioles definitely dangling him in, in trades um, as we approach the deadline. So uh, uh, Bautista has been really good. He filled in with uh, Lopez was out with he he picked up two saves earlier this season. We mentioned Michael King earlier. Michael King's been one of the best all around relievers in, in, in baseball. Uh, Jason Adam, Alex Lang has been impressive in Detroit. Yeah. As a middle reliever, um, his ERA is down to 1.54. Uh, he, he's been picking up some holes. He has uh, he has three wins. Uh, so he's been really impressive there. I, I also wrote about uh, Giovanni Moran. He's only pitched six and two-thirds innings with the Twins, but he's struck out 12 batters and hasn't allowed a run. So um, he he's just, just came up for them, but uh, he, he's one to maybe just look out for just because he's been pretty impressive um, over his start so far. And... AJ Minter has AJ been. Minter, I mean, yeah. if he's if he's out there, he's been one of the best setup men in baseball. Uh, if you play in any kind of league that counts holds um, or maybe uh, points for holds, he's up to twelve, just one behind the the NL lead. Uh, also has two wins, and, and he's just been outstanding. One point one three ERA with thirty four strikeouts there in Atlanta. Ryan Helsley's been awesome, but the Cardinals like are refusing to use him much at all. I, they just like are really worried about keeping him healthy which i kind of get but it seems strange given that he's like one of their only reliable relievers right now like they won't pitch him on back-to-back days um like he pitched on sunday and then was unavailable on tuesday when they lost uh the series opener against the rays and wound up getting swept it's just it's that's very strange to me but um because he doesn't get much usage right now i i don't know how much value he he would have um it's kind of, that's kind of a confusing situation. I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm going to go off on a Cardinals tangent here. So just stop. Me. <laughs> that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It with Helsley though, is it just because of like how hard he throws or does he have an extensive like injury history that they're looking out for him? I'm just maybe yeah. not aware. No. Yeah. He's, he's had a lot of elbow and, and even a shoulder trouble like over the last couple of years. And yeah, he, he comes out this year throwing harder than ever, which is yeah. really encouraging. But I, I think they almost feel like they need to to pump the brakes on yeah. that um, and try to keep them healthy for the second half. And sure. when they inevitably just back into the third wild card spot, of course, even they though, will. Even right. though they, they haven't tried at all, even though they sat out another deadline. All right. Yeah, and the, it's and a, the show, it's a rough DJ. life to see your team is back into the playoffs every year. Really, I know, really I know. Uh, <laughs> no one feels sorry for me. No, <laughs> I'm going to Cape Cod tomorrow. <laughs> gonna eat a ton of lobster rolls. You should. You better. I will. Absolutely. I'll post them all on Twitter. Yeah, I look forward to it. So, George, this was great, man. Really appreciate getting your insight on these bullpen situations, which which are obviously murky, but. I think you've given us some good names to potentially stash away and we'll definitely have you back as, as the trade deadline approaches and talk about some of these names who might end up switching teams. Yeah, absolutely. This, this was fun and looking forward to the next one. Yeah. The, the Royals uh, situation is going to be interesting come the deadline. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally. Uh, but thanks again, George, really appreciate it. If you like what you're hearing with this show, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on the Apple podcast, 
please rate and review if you don't mind. Five stars, always appreciated. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. George is at Roto underscore N-I-N-O. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next time. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.